0: Welcome to the Harmony Church Podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, harmonychurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. Okay, thank you so much. So good to see you all here this morning. As we celebrate the end of an era. <clears throat> and as we look forward to a new era, 9:15, 11:15. Who's going to come to the 9: 15? Okay? Who's going to the 11:15? Who's going to both? Thank you, Jesus. at least some people. That's so good. <laughs> Welcome to the, uh, live streaming. God bless you. Great to have us have you with us here this morning. It's going to be a great morning of almost commissioning into our next phase of our journey of our lives. So get ready. I want to start with something funny. And I heard about this man who was stumbling through the woods. He was totally drunk. When he comes upon a preacher baptizing people in the river, he proceeds into the water and subsequently bumping into the preacher. The preacher turns around and is almost overcome by the smell of alcohol, whereupon he asks the drunk, Are you ready to find Jesus? The drunk shouts, Yes, I am. So the preacher grabs him and dunks him in the water. He pulls him back up and asks him, brother, have you found Jesus? The drunk replies, no, I haven't found Jesus. The preacher, shocked at the answer, dunks him again, a little bit longer. He again pulls him out of the water and asks, hey, have you found Jesus, brother? The drunk answers, no, I haven't found Jesus. By this time, the preacher is at his wit's end and dunks the drunk again. By this time, he holds him down for 30 seconds. And when he starts kicking with his arms and his legs, he pulls him back up. The preacher again asks the drunk, for the love of God, have you found Jesus? The drunk staggers upright, wipes his eyes, coughs a bit of water, catches his breath and says, are you sure this is where he fell in? (laughs) That was funny, that one. That's funny, at least you're laughing, it's good, not laughing just because you're laughing. Well, wow, it's so good guys, our last 10 a.m., probably not the last one in a sense ever because in January sometimes, often churches go to 10, I understand, because people on the holiday go and then you go, I understand, so we may do something in January, but now we're on a mission from God, amen, yeah. we're on a mission from God, so right now we're in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, right, yeah, Yeah. yeah? about five of us, and so how many, uh, how's it going with the five, fa- is it going Okay. Yeah? Transfixed when you see yourself. <laughs> meat. Oh, not eating meat. Yeah, some of you are doing Daniel fast, not eating meat, only vegetables and those kind of things. So when you see a cow come by or a, a horse somewhere in the paddock, you're like, I want some horse. I was at a friend's place the other day. He says, I've never had horse again. They were had, had meeting somewhere, I think in Afghanistan or somewhere. And they were all served all the stuff and they were eating horse. And uh, it was actually quite nice, they said, but anyway, it's horse. Like, it sounds terrible. It's a sweet little horse. How can you hear the horse? I'm going to be a vegan. This is, this, this is cruel. You know, I love horses. It's beautiful. Anyway, so we are fasting. We're praying because we're believing for more people to come into the kingdom, for things to happen. Even next week, we are making room for more. Now, <clears throat> this week, I had a great privilege of being in Auckland for two nights. Some of you were with me. And uh, Janelle was here and Keith and Josiah from another church. And uh, the thing is, we went on Tuesday night to something called Open Heaven. It's a prayer meeting by the combined churches, the larger churches in Auckland. So I met all those guys, you know, Paul Young and all those guys, you know. And basically, they had 10,000 people in Spark Arena for prayer meeting, right? I mean, the thing is, it's awesome. We had a prayer meeting on Wednesday. It was also awesome right here, right? And uh, let's do it again this Wednesday, right? This Wednesday coming up with another prayer meeting. Last one. Come on, let's keep doing it. But I mean, another level, isn't it? 8,000. 10,000 people, and they started with like a 1,000, you know, and now it's growing and growing, and they're looking at stadiums. Now, I've had visions for stadiums, and several people in the city have had visions for stadiums to be filled with the praise of God, and maybe go in, you know, and even go into the streets, you know, maybe people ask me the whole time, go march for Jesus again. But when I see what the people are, last night on the news, when I see the people who are marching in the streets and making some noise, I think we should do something and also have maybe some marching ourselves. You know, I think, you know, righteousness exalts a nation, and we've got to be heard. When the majority stays silent, come on, guys, let's be activists, right? Yes. Jesus was an activist, and many others uh, subsequently power, powered by the gospel. Anyway, he was in this prayer meeting, and we're going to have a prayer meeting here next year. So we're believing for a prayer meeting starting here with the combined churches next year. And, of course, what else happened was uh, something else I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, another meeting I went to. But what I also want to talk about is, of course, that we uh, have been talking to Franklin Graham, Uh, into him him doing a a big outreach here next year in Wellington, Auckland, Franklin Franklin Graham is the son of Billy Graham, the biggest evangelist ever, and uh, he did a tour last year in Australia called the Graham Tour, and he has held it on his heart for such a long time to come to New Zealand. So we are now working with pastors and uh, other leaders in this city, in Wellington and, and Auckland, to have a meeting at the end of February. Now we're having a dinner with 100 leaders, free dinner. They're going to pay for everything, by the way. We pay for nothing. They pay for everything. And any, they told me any money left over from the crusade, which probably will be in some, somewhere, not a crusade, they don't call it a crusade anymore. They call it a, an outreach, a evangelistic outreach. Any money left over will go into a pot for young people, for youth, that we as churches can apply for uh, to be able to do youth outreach. Uh, in the city for evangelism so they're not taking any money out they're just going to put money in they're going to staff three people here in the city and i'm looking for some people to staff in the city and uh, it's going to be amazing so we're going to have a dinner at the end of february right here the guy from America is coming victor that i used to work with when i worked for billy graham for one year when we did the global mission some of you still remember 2000 we had the global mission here with billy graham video around the globe and i was working for them for a year it was really fun. So anyway, we're going to have time together. But I want to say to you that we are living in such amazing times in history right now. More people are being reached right now than ever before in the entire history. Of course, there's also more people alive than ever before, right? I mean, the media that we have these days, all the social media, the TV, the satellites, anywhere in the world, if you have a gadget or something, you can receive or hear the gospel, In that sense, I don't know when Jesus is going to come back. But one thing I do know is that we are living in the end times, which could be another couple of hundred years. But I'm not saying to you, it's amazing what's happening right now, is that the gospel, because missiologists were saying it will take about 10, 15 years for all unreached people groups. And Jesus says, I'll come back when every tongue has heard. all All the people, all the people groups have heard. That is not far away now. Now, I don't know when he's going to come back, because I know it has to be the fullness of the Gentiles. And that's our job. The Gentiles is you and me if you know a Jew. Right? So, Greg is Jew, so he's he's exempt for that. Um, So, the thing is, though, it's awesome. So, we can, you know, reach people, reach the Gentiles. That's our job to do. To reach lost people. Amen? More people are being reached now. Now, one of the keys for the harvest, one of the key things is evangelism. What are we doing right now? what are we doing what's the empowering part guys what's the empowering prayer thank you so much somebody is praying it will not happen without prayer Jesus says the harvest is ready but the thing is though the workers are few now bring praises pray for the harvest to come in the house already ready but there is a sense of us, of course, going as, as the workers, but there's also a sense of God getting people ready and talking to people, what we said, Iran and those kind of places, you know, the dreams I heard yesterday, stories again of people just being touched in this country now, also Muslim people being touched here by God in dreams and visions because it takes a Muslim on average six or seven years when he hears the gospel to respond because of all the stuff that they've been taught and been brainwashed. So God is bypassing it by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Jesus himself is coming to people many times. Well, I believe it's happening to my neighbor right now, and I'm praying for that right now. We should start believing that God is doing that with all the people in Christchurch and New Zealand, right? But I think part of it is us praying for that and saying, Lord, we want this stuff. We want to be in tandem with you. We want to work with you, right? Right, right. Amen. Jesus. So... um, Last week I said that prayer is really a daily event. It's not something you do once in a while, you know, put on your to-do list. And once a month, you know, say, okay, i got, I got to pray, you know. But it said, every day, look what it says. It says in Matthew 6, 9, it says, this is how you should pray. A father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give today our daily bread and like I said last week but some of you were not listening and some of you were not here so I say it again the sequence we see when you pray when we pray as a church number one God number two kingdom number three you us right first of all we honor him we worship him every time every morning I have communion like this morning again I honestly here I say thank you for this beautiful day again Lord this is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice in it Lord thank you that your mercies are new every morning you are so great one him first right and then you start—not not you yet. Then you start saying, "Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for your rule. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that makes things beautiful in my life, in my business, in my family, in my workplace, and whatever." Right? You start talking about Him and about what He's do- doing in your life, and inviting Him into you. And only then, you start saying, "Now give me also my daily bread." And I know it's a daily prayer because it says, "Today, give me your daily bread." You couldn't. Pray that yesterday, and you can't pray that tomorrow in the sense you can when you are tomorrow, but today you can't say, you say tomorrow, give me today. So today we pray for our daily bread to be given to us. Now I love this in the Passion because it said, Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name. Be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm. Cause every purpose to be fulfilled on the earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge that you are our provider of all we need each day. Isn't it beautiful? Now on the card that is on your seat, it says on the back, the front it says inviting people. What does it say on the back? It's all about Jesus. We thought we're just going to put it on there just to be right in people's face. It's all about Jesus. People sometimes don't know what church is about, you know. It's all about religion. No, no. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. When we put focus on Jesus, it's amazing what starts to happen. He is first. And then we look at the kingdom. And I love this in the Passion, by the way, Matthew 6. So above all else, chase after God's kingdom. Chase after God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Remember, it's not your righteousness. It's the gift of righteousness in that we live and move and have our being. Then... All these less important things, like food, clothing, whatever, will come to you abundantly. Come on. Now, I want us to become kingdom chasers. That we just go after the kingdom in every way that we live. In our lives, in our family, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our, everywhere. We chase for his kingdom. And when we start doing it, it's amazing what starts to happen. Your kingdom come. You're first. And then all things will be added. Why? That's why. That's why God is drawing us into His presence. That's why God is calling us into intimacy, into worship, into fasting. Because fasting just kind of puts something aside that we can focus on Him. Right? Right? Do this together because then we know that it releases the goodness of God into our lives. It releases the provision of God into our lives. It releases the presence of God into us. Everything comes from Him because He is our source. Everybody say, He is our source. And if you don't believe Him, here we go. Because God is the source. It's right there in the Bible. And sustainer of everything. Everything finds fulfillment in him may all praise and glory and honor be for him forever amen so let's make sure that in our lives in our mission what we're doing right now is that we go to him first amen see Jesus says you can't be fruitful you can't be fruitful without me he says abide in me right Very famously, abide in me, John 15. Abide in me, then you will bear much fruit. By the way, I love this in the Passion Translation. Look at this. I am, he says, Jesus says, I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. Then he says this, as you live in union with me as your source, got it again, fruitfulness will stream from within you. Now, we have to talk about it. When you're born again, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, and a river is planted inside of you. It's a river of God. It's a connection straight to heaven behind your belly button. It's the navel string to heaven. That's why we're connected with heaven. That's why we're connected in the Spirit. That's why we sit in heavenly places, not some place out there somewhere uh, beyond Jupiter. It's right here, right in your tummy. Right here is the connection to the eternal, wonderful, awesome God, Right? And when we start seeking him, we are in union with him as you're a Christian. But when we acknowledge him and you partner with him, you start seeing that rivers of living water will come streaming out of your belly and things will start to happen and fruitfulness will come. And without it, what does it say again here? You will live separated from me if you live, then you will be powerless. So as a Christian, you can't be separate from him because you are one spirit with him. But what you can do is not acknowledge him and not be part of him, and not pray, and not kind of invite him into your situation. You can be as, as united, but he wants invitation. He wants you to be, acknowledge him, who he is, that he is Lord, that he is provider, and he is source, and then things start happening. Otherwise, there will be not much power around. Yeah, right. So God is drawing us into the secret place. Yes. He is drawing us into his presence, into, and into his own intimacy with him. Then, then. The river will flow. Fruitfulness fruitfulness will come. And things will start to happen. I'll tell you something. Then prayers really become powerful. And they become really effective. When we start living from this heavenly perspective. When we start understanding that we have all authority. Remember was given to us? That we pray and that we worship. And that we come from a place of authority that he has given to us. Amen? A place of Love, a place of honor, a place of favor. you see it together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Come on. And so you play, pray from that place, things start to change yeah. in your life. I've seen it even this last week. Things start to change in your life. And many testimonies actually in this building because people have told me about different things, job changes, whatever. That we were praying before, job, new job, raises, bonuses. I've had people here, thousands, hundreds of thousands. Just recently somebody got this raised. Boom. So, you know just boom gone <laughs> i love it money gone in sense of debt it was debt not not money gone he was saved that's bad and protect about that so jesus don't let anybody touch my investments thank you jesus it's 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 holy ground don't touch my money right devil off you go but what we're talking about now i'm talking about debt some people are in big debt and be fighting things and then boom isn't it great when it happens like this you know this is so awesome when God just does miracles in our lives. See, when we pray on Wednesday, it's not just a prayer meeting. Kumbaya, you know, like whoo, Christian things to do. Hey, man, we are warriors. We come here to fight, right? We come with authority. We have power, you know, to be able to change things, right? And that's why we come together. That's why we pray. That's why in James 5, in the Amplified, it says the heartfelt And persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. See? The God factor then is dynamic and has powerful, tremendous power. So we're believing for tremendous power. You are a powerhouse. Tell your neighbor, I am a powerhouse. And you are a powerhouse too. (laughs) Powerhouse. Come on. Come on. See, when see, and the river starts flowing, then of course you start to sink yourself. Not sink, but sink, synchronizing, synchronizing. You sink yourself with God, and then you can start believing what God is believing for, right? So you start aligning yourself with what God is, God is believing for a mighty harvest. God is believing for a mighty revival. God is believing for many people's souls to be saved. God is believing for things to happen in this nation, right? He's been waiting for thousands of years. Was New Zealand born a thousand years? I think so. But you know what I mean? Before the foundation of the world, He has a plan for your life, for our lives, and we are right now living in this moment right here. And God sees it, He knows it, and He wants us to say yes to Him and say, We're gonna go step forward we're going to put our fighting boots on we're going to put our praying boots on we're going to put our love boots on and we're going to go on a mission from God like I said a while back when we all went to the Blues Brothers movie which is one of my favorite movies of all time see the church has to arise guys the church has got to arise God wants us not only to be happy Christians and to be powerful in your own right, but he wants you to grow up in the sense of that you start to affect the ministries, the businesses, the stuff where you are called into, into this world, into the media, into education, into uh, whatever you're called into. God wants you to be productive. He wants you to be a leader, which means he wants you to be an influencer. All of us. doesn't matter who you are. We all are leaders. We all influence somebody. And if you're not, you should be, because then you're living on an island. You live somewhere in community somewhere, and you're called to be whatever. Your nurse, or your plumber, whatever you are. You are called to bring the kingdom into that place. To make. He wants to use all of us. God wants to empower all of us. The church was always called, guys, to be a missional church. And God is raising up churches that are missional, that are hubs, that are like training centers, if you like, and sending people out. And not only to have life groups, not only to have little groups around, but also to have groups that are missional. I, I heard the other day, I, I'll talk about it in a minute, but people who go into have a, have a, have a, have a little thing. Some people call it micro churches, but it's not really a church because the church is you. So, you know, it's a bit hard to say, but I call it more missional or outreach. Uh, groups or focus groups they focus on a particular time steward is doing stuff in the prison so he's got a team both Rhonda and Stuart different prisons women's prison, and, and mission and, and they are missional they're not just a life group missional we need people into go into bars i don't like going to bars but people who are who know those kind of things they go into bars and they have a mission they may have a group together who go into that kind of sports things Think about where you could be an influence, where you could have a group so everybody is empowered to do stuff around the place. There's a biking group here, brum, 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 that kind of bike, not just the mountain bike, the broom, broom, broom bike, you know. And you and all those guys are involved with this. Wonderful. Have a have a bike, but then not only go, not only Christians, start inviting non-Christians. I think they're doing and 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 be it become a ministry, a ministry to the world. The kids camp so Rachel and those guys, you know, and, and Sam the most productive ministry, not in this church, because they're associated to this church. See, not all the people are going to come into our church. It's not all about our church, right? We are a family. We have to change the world. So some things will never appear in the church, but the kingdom is built somewhere. Kids groups, I mean, they had 24 people saved the other day, twice a year or something to do that. They have more people come to Christ through kids camps than anything else. So then, God is calling us to, to build a community around the kids camp ministry, right? I'm sorry, as you are totally into it and love the kind of ministry, and you want to actually you have been being called over nationwide, not nationwide, worldwide. As, as you guys have learned so much about this, to be able to why, How can we do this? People are asking you, how can we reach young people, children? You know, we start start dreaming. Elderly, elderly, retirement home. They're ready. They're ready for heaven. Whole bunch are going to hell. Why don't we do something about this? Have a ministry and a group that focuses on the elderly and start to get people saved. I'll talk about it in a minute because somebody is doing it and is seeing amazing results in this thing. See, God wants you to make a difference in this world. He wants the church to arise. He wants the church to be mobilized. We're not just seat warmers, yeah, warming our seat. God is influencing you from your seat. He wants you to go out of your seat. You can sit there for two hours. But that's about it. And then you go again. Church like this is to mobilize. This, church like this is to have teaching. Church like this is to have people come in like me and other people to have testimonies, to have worship together. And we're here for a couple of hours. And that's it. For the rest, you're out there doing the thing. Amen. And God's wanting empowering His church. He's been known for a long time, and we've had such a vision for this. See, the last thing Jesus said before He left the earth, He says this. Last thing He said. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. witnesses. We'll be His witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. AMP <clears throat> says you'll be, receive power and ability. Receive power and ability to be witnesses. I love this in the Passion translation, but I promise you this: the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you'll be filled with power. Well, that comes to the Holy Spirit, of course, to the baptism, and you'll be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, to distant provinces, even to the remotest place in the earth called Christchurch. <laughs> Christchurch, we are in the Bible. And we are messengers. The church are messengers. You are a messenger. And you have a thing to say. you got a gospel to preach. you got a gospel to show. Say you want to have some healing. Have a prophetic word. And we want to do all, equip you all. Catherine will start a prophetic team very soon again. So make sure that we learn how to prophesy in the street. Not just here. It's very easy here. What about in the streets? Hey, I see that you have something, something, something. And so how did you know that? He said, because God has revealed to me. Hey, they're opened. That's amazing. And you start praying for them. You got something wrong with your foot? Yes, I'm sick or have something wrong. Can I pray for it? They get healed. We need to learn to get out on the streets and do the stuff that Jesus did. He did everything on the streets. Right? Right? He was not hiding in some synagogue. Everything is on the streets, right? So we got to go on the streets, on the highways and the byways and talk about Jesus and show Jesus. Amen? Now, by the way, the same word in the Greek for messenger also means martyr. Did you know that? And I was thinking, you know, because uh, Ellen uh, works part-time for the Voice of the Martyrs, they're good friends of ours, and uh, Graeme and Sandy, and, and of course uh, there's many churches around the world, many leaders, many churches who are being you know, persecuted around the globe, and it's really hard. Um, but the thing is that we are being persecuted too, more and more. As I say many times, the Bible is going to be on trial very soon. It will be, because I said, hey, that's not PC, you can't say that, it's wrong. I do whatever I like. That book cannot be preached. I heard in America the other day that some government said, you can't do this. I hope Trump is all over it. But anyway, the thing is though, he said you can't do this anymore. You can't preach this in your pulpit. It's gonna come. The good thing is it's also gonna come with the Muslims. And they're a bit better in fighting than we are. Now I'm serious. Let them fight with us and say, Hey, we can't do that. You can't tell us what to do. Right? So let's enjoy what we have and let's fight for it. Make sure there's some good politicians in the In our in our government, to make sure that we don't go that kind of stuff, because it will be we are being people don't like what we say. It is confronting. The truth is confronting to many people for the selfishness, right? It's confronting. So martyrs is very true. Guys, we have an opportunity this week to invite people, (coughs) because one of the ministries that we have is preaching, and some of you don't find it hard to preach. So then the easier way for you is just to bring them to church. It's fun, music. Preaching here, fellowship, food. It works. It's one of the ways that people get saved. They come to you to church. It's kind of acceptable. You know what I mean? And so why don't you start bringing some people to church and see what God will do in their lives. you got flyers. you got cards this week. Let's do something. We want to make room for more. We want people to be touched by the gospel. Or Christians. You know, there's so many Christians out there who have been hurt by church. Disappointed. Agro. And they're not doing well. Because you flourish when you plant it. They're not planted anymore. They don't flourish. They have a faith, but they're not doing well. And there's a whole bunch of them. Hopefully God will lead you to some of those people. Say, hey, come. There's a great family who love you and will empower you, be gracious to you, will help to heal you up, and go for it. Come on. There's so much that God wants to do through you and through me. He wants to touch our city. He wants to impact our city one person at a time the harvest is ripe you know in um, Matthew 28 it's got it's of course the great commission it's actually Jesus's um, last commandment if you like then Jesus came over and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore you go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go! Everybody say go. Go! Go. We gotta go fishing! We gotta go fishing. You don't believe me? Here in Mark, Jesus calls his first disciples. He says, as he was walking down the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. They immediately leave their nets and followed him. I love this in the Passion Translation. Come, follow me, and I will transform you into men who catch people instead of fish. God wants us to be people who catch people instead of fish. Now, I have no problem with fishing. I was talking to somebody just now who went fishing down south. Great, go fishing. You guys, awesome time. Awesome trout you know it's great fishing right but God has called us even right at the beginning as disciples to go after fishes to go after people catch people and then the church will gut the people will help people well I, I know the analogy has to still work you know somehow so just don't think about the dying just think about dying to self dying to self right think about that and just bring them alive as fishes again you know And then, you know, but in a new way in the cell, you know. He wants us to catch fish. He wants us to catch fish. Serious. He wants us to be a missional community. Reaching people, training people, releasing people in all kinds of missional expressions, outreach teams, whatever. Now, I was with um, Rodney Howard Brown a few days ago. I've got a photo with him, I didn't want to put it on here, but on my Facebook, account. I've never met the guy before. Now, Rodney Howe-Brown has seen many millions come to Christ, right? And he's the guy who loves the, the power of God, the fire of God, right? And he's actually been um, part of igniting a few uh, awakenings in the world. One of them was Lakeland, Lakeland in Florida. Big, massive uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit and missional harvesting thing. And um, it was so powerful. And one of the things that he's doing, I was with him, I was actually really impressed. I mean, I had Janelle, we all one together, and Keith, we were together. It was just amazing. And the fire was okay, and the, the empowering was fine. You know, it was fine in the sense of, you know, it was not that so crazy. We, our conferences are more empowering in some ways. You know? But the thing is, that we, what I really loved about him and what's happening right now is that he had such a touch from God in the last, I think, 18 years or so, and I'll tell you in a minute why. He's hard for the gospel anyway, but something happened, I'll tell you in a minute is that he is going after lost people. Yeah. And everything for Rodney Howe Brown is about the harvest. So much so that right now he's on a 300 city tour. He came in Auckland, he came from Fiji, Auckland. Next day, Brisbane. The Next day, Gold Coast. Goes one day at a time. Can you imagine the schedule? Mm-hmm. And the, what he does the whole time, he says, hey, the Bible says, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the power, and you'll be my witnesses. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Here we go, guys. Receive the power, boom. And go and be his witnesses. And they're seeing thousands upon thousands, actually millions, coming into the kingdom of God. And I love it. Now, there's a picture that sometimes you see on a car. And it's this picture. It's called gone fishing. This is see that on a tire thing on a car or sticker? I have gone fishing. Now, this is a favorite hobby, isn't it, for New Zealanders, right? I mean, they love to go fishing. Right, And of course, for them, the fishing, yeah, Frank is, a, whatever, you're awesome. I'm still waiting for the invitation on the boat, but the boat always goes like this. Last time I was on the boat with him with Doug flowers, I was like, like, so sick, I threw up three times. <laughs> so he's waiting for me. It has, it has to be no, no, straight. Otherwise, if I go like this, I, after a while, it's like, whoa. Anyway, but the gone fishing. So, the favorite hobby, And because the whole idea of gone fishing is that, hey, I want to get out of here. I want to spend time with myself right i'm gonna get a break i want to get out of the city i was gonna have fun and just have some time by myself now here the the um, disciples were called of course but they were professional fishermen right they were like it's their profession They had the boats and everything else like this you know they leave everything behind they were called to be fishermen fishermen jesus was wanting to make them fishes of men instead of fishes of fish Come, follow me," he says. "I will transform you in men who catch people instead of fish." I wonder if we are not fishing. Whether really, whether whether we are truly following. See, God, Jesus says, "I'll make follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." Which means, if we are following, we'll be fishers. I wonder if the church are not. Fishing for people. I wonder if you and I are not fishing for people. I wonder if we are really following. It's a good word, right? We need to catch some fish. We're making room for more. See, Jesus had a vision all along for his church to go and go and catch some fishies. Go and catch some people. Sons and daughters. Fishermen. women. Right? Any women fishers? Women like fishing? You don't like fishing? Oh, you like fishing. Okay. Fishing. Fisher. It's God's priority, people. Jesus says, I come to say, and the lost people. Here we go. You know, I had, um, again, with Rodney Howard, I was sitting behind him, actually. So I met with him in this net and whatever. And a friend of mine has got a church in Amsterdam who um, was planted from there. And, um, but the thing is, though, I heard the story. He told the story. And I wanted to say the story uh, to you about this thing, because what happened was, his testimony—some of you may know his testimony—is that I will read a little bit of it here. Um, 18 years ago, in 2002, his daughter was sick with uh, cystic uh, fibrosis. A uh, long time after, the, after they got born, actually, they found out it was already. But she, she didn't, they didn't think it was going to live very long. But she lived for a long time. But basically, um, Rodney and Adonica, his wife, they—the uh, youngest this was Kelly. She went home to be with the Lord after 18 years of battling this cystic uh, fibrosis Um, and they were saying and he was telling the story uh, at this meeting as they held their daughter in their in their arms in the early morning of christmas morning why they said here before the devil could snuff her out they offered can you imagine they offered her daughter their daughter to the lord And this is what they said. They offered their precious daughter to the Lord as an offering. This would be the greatest gift they could ever give in their lifetime. And I was thinking, isn't it amazing that at the same time, Christmas, Jesus gave his only son, who also was to die for us. Now, he did say it was really nice to hear that that his grandkids, three of them, were born at Christmas, around Christmas or even Christmas Day. So God has really blessed him, and they're like so precious to him. But his daughter died. This is what he says here. In response to the devil's plan for evil, they vowed this is a fighting thing they vowed that he would pay for it, what he'd done to their family. They vowed to do everything in their power, and they vowed to the Lord with His help, that He would give them a hundred million souls and one billion people sorry, one billion dollars for world evangelization. Since that time, they've seen close to 18 million people come to Christ. They've mobilized a lot of leaders, a lot of people all over the globe. They were even at this meeting, they were teaching us how to share the gospel, a little leaflet head, and they shared the gospel one-on-one. How do you share the gospel? That's why I'm so excited about Franklin Graham coming, because they will in March, April, they will this year train the whole body of Christ in Christchurch how to share the gospel, how to bring people to the Lord, and how to also invite them uh, to the that meeting that's going to happen. Isn't it amazing? And right now, as I said to you before, he's doing a 300 million tour. They've got such a powerful ministry in retirement. I think they see seen 500,000 people. Was it 500,000? I think saved through that. It could be. Well, even it's 50,000, I think it's 500,000. Because they said, nobody goes into retirement so really we have some because we live there Bev and those guys but they have a real ministry around it they have a group of people who pray who lead people to Christ at the thing and they come by the thousands what a powerful ministry to have start thinking I want to act. I really want to empower you I really want It's my job is a coach I'm not the leader I'm at the bottom actually Jesus is at the bottom he's right at the bottom Jesus is the cornerstone right Right at the bottom. And on top of that, it's got people like Catherine and me and other people here. Prophets, apostles, and whatever. And we're looking like this up to you guys. And we're saying, hey, go for it. Empower it. This, this whole thing of me being the minister, it's over. It is never the paradigm in scripture. Ephesians 3 and 4 talks about the, 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 the fivefold ministry being to support, to equip the ministers. that That's you. And here we go and some of the churches are like i'm the minister and i've got this thing and i've got this whatever you know and you are the man no you're not the man i'm really sorry you are the men and women that god wants to empower and then we you know right i tell you i tell you some of these things and it has backfired in churches all over the globe this kind of hierarchy thing happening not empowering the people and it's over it's it's finito God is empowering his people. So what I'm saying to you is, I'm here to coach you. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to empower you, to say hi to you, to kiss you, to whatever. <laughs> Give money to you, whatever. But go out and do something in your workplace, yeah. communities, whatever you feel like doing, do it. Yeah. You don't even have to ask me. It would be nice though to ask me. <laughs> be nice to pray with you and know what the church is doing, you know. But the thing is, no, it's not about, guys, please be empowered. Start dreaming about, what what could you do? What could we do together, all of us? Amen? I tell you, God is doing it all over the globe. So I I would love to see a sign called, gone fishing. When we all go in a minute, there's a sign put on the door outside, and people come here and say, gone fishing. nobody here. No, we're gone fishing. Fishing for people, Right? (laughs) Maybe we should make a new sign, say, gone fishing for people or for whatever, you know. Come on, God wants us to start fishing for people. And again, I want to inspire you this week, you know, we can be fishing. Just the simple thing of inviting people next week to our service and, of course, subsequent weeks to come here to meet Jesus. There really is nothing more important. People are the currency of heaven. It's the currency of heaven. There's nothing else that you can take with you except for people that you've brought to Christ. Nothing else. Nothing else you can take with you. Even your body you can't take with you. everybody said, Amen. <laughs> My kids are really working on it, you know. Fabian has amazing bodies. I wish I had a body like this. I mean, the, the, the Catherine's shoulder is like, whoa, you know, got abs and all kinds of stuff. They probably want to take their things to, you know, heaven. You can't. Can't. but you wait you see your own body a new body man if you see michael and those guys gabriel Ooh. abs you've never seen before man it's like wow it's just another level right it's just another level <laughs> come on guys this is the heartbeat of heaven the heartbeat of heaven is people and we're going fishing already we go go fishing yeah, on. and maybe said of our church maybe said of you and me that we have gone fishing amen father we thank you for your amazing grace in our lives we thank you for the empowerment of your holy spirit thank you jesus that you told your disciples to wait for the fire to come for the for the empowerment to come of your holy spirit right at pentecost to wait for that pentecost to come lord after you have been crucified and raised to life lord you still walked around for 10 days talking about the kingdom and then lord 50 days later pentecost came The Holy Spirit came. And you said, you receive power. You receive the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. Not for selfish reasons, although you get blessed too. But the reason is to go out and to be a blessing to other people. So, Father, we thank you for making us fishers of people. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a passion to see lost people come into your kingdom. To see sons and daughters, Lord. Prodigals who are so far away from God, Lord. In pain. Suffering harming themselves lord families father break our heart to what breaks your heart and may we be a light to bring the message of hope and reconciliation and of restoration into their lives in jesus name lord we give our lives to you we give our lives to you father we pray for divine appointments even this week as we go out as we walk around and we give flyers and we invite people may we have divine appointments of people that you want us to speak into People, you have prepared, prepared, even before time began, for us to meet this week. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes to the harvest. Open our eyes to the people. Open our eyes to opportunities. Open our eyes to possibilities. Lord, send us. Send us in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you our lives. We give you our heart. We give you our heart, Lord. Come on, let's sing that song as a a declaration, just a commitment surrender to him why don't we stand together because it's good to do it standing i really feel being um, commissioned this morning i really want to i want you to feel that you're being actioned activated mobilized sent out gone fishing